This Rise and Shine podcast series has been made possible by the generosity of the Zeitelman Family Foundation, which is committed to the unity and continuity of the Jewish people through meaningful and relevant Jewish education and wisdom. Kids are wondering, and so are we, their parents, about the double standard. Why is it that their friends use their social media to rail against any form of racism, any form of political tyranny that they perceive? But when it comes to Israel, crickets. This is Rise and Shine, a podcast that offers timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations to fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. Here is Adrian Gold Davis. When I was a young woman, I remember trying on identities the way I tried on new clothes. (laughs) Several times a year, I'd read about an idea or hear about a trend or a concept, and I would feel immediately compelled to lean into it. You know, in my first year of college, I was compelled by Marxist theory, and I remember my mother saying to me, you, you want to be a communist? You won't even let your sister borrow your sweater. (laughs) And, of course, I was vegetarian for a year, but that was largely because the guy of my dreams at the time was. But I threw myself into it hard. I would grill my mother for the ingredients of everything she made. I was like the vegetarian police. And then I had a stage where I was only interested in things from the Far East, preferably India. And then there was my disco phase. I would go dancing six nights a week. It was like a religion. And I fetishized whatever my current interest was. And it always absorbed me completely, until it didn't. So it really wasn't surprising that when at age 40, I started leaning into my Jewish identity, my family rolled their eyes and said, ah, it's another phase, it'll pass. And yet, it did not. So what was different this time? What compelled me and captured my interest that 23 years later, it's still my guiding principle, my happy place? And why did the absorptions of my youth not last? And does it even matter? Are we not all entitled to search until we find where we feel most in our own skins? So it's an important question. As we parents of young adults face the sometimes equally perplexing phases and passions of our own kids. On the weekly I get messages from terrified, confused parents wringing their hands in confusion. But we didn't raise them this way. But this is not the way we do things in our family. What happened to my kid? And most of all, what should I do? The most common dilemma I hear from other mothers is what to do about anti-Semitism on college campuses. What to do about their children's apparent silence in the face of anti-Israel sentiment. What to do about what sometimes sounds like self-loathing as a result of it. You know, one of my friends told me, her voice quaking, that her daughter is overseas for the year and sharing an apartment with some girls who had free Palestine posters all over their living room walls. This knowing that she was Jewish. And her daughter felt ill-equipped to respond. She, a girl who spent her life at Jewish day school and came from a Zionist family. And so we ask ourselves, how do we prepare our children to face the passions and positions of others that may not line up with their worldview and may even be at odds with it? How do we prepare our kids 
how do we tell them to respond? On past Momentum Boosts, you know, that's our weekly Momentum show that airs on YouTube. So we've had tremendous educators like Dr. Rachel Fish and others whose work is to teach our young people how to discern truth and advocate for Israel. But some of our kids know what to say, but they feel silenced nonetheless. They feel paralyzed in the face of their first exposure to anti-Israel sentiment, which often is simply anti-Semitism in a politically correct costume. So this is not to say that there's no room to criticize Israel as a state. You know, within the country itself, you'll hear that aplenty. But our kids are wondering, and so are we, their parents, about the double standard. Why is it that their friends use their social media to rail against any form of racism, any form of political tyranny that they perceive? But when it comes to Israel, crickets. How do we teach our children to cope with and to take action when we ourselves are stymied and horrified? In a time of their lives, where they've not fully formed their identities in any case, when they switch majors and schools and social groups in an attempt to find the right fit, are we powerless to help? And do we need to protect them, even sometimes from themselves? As a society, we have become more divided more polarized than ever before. We live in echo chambers fed by the algorithms of our social media feeds and the news media outlets that we choose to watch. As adults, we may also seek to be with those who see the world and believe just like we do. We're increasingly threatened by those who do not. We unfriend, literally and figuratively, those whose views offend us. But life is filled with much more nuance than we seem capable of sitting with. You know, in the Talmud, the houses of Hillel and Shammai often disagreed about the applications of the laws in the Torah. Jewish texts abound with disagreement. Two Jews, three opinions. And when I consider how many phases I cycled through in my youth, I have compassion for the difficulty that exists for our younger generation because they have great walls of influence directed at them at every turn. But perhaps there is something else we can do for them as parents, beyond the Hasbara training and the philosophical religious positions. Perhaps we can show compassion for them without panicking. Perhaps we can listen to their fears and concerns and even listen to their opinions and positions when they feel threatening to us. Because if a person has enough space to grow and to search for more nuance, often those positions, opinion, and even those phases will wax and wane like the moon. One thing I have learned is a guaranteed way of alienating your kids is to refuse to listen to that which feels uncomfortable to you. When we model nuance, and we give them a chance then to see it in action. So I found statements like, well, I don't think I agree with what you're saying, but I always make a point of researching both sides of an argument before I weigh in. Give me some time. I'll truly explore your position before I actually respond to you. Or how about this one? It is amazing that I have raised a thinker of such independence because you know that I see this issue so differently than you do. But I'm so proud of your willingness to look at things differently than I do. Or how about this one? Boy, I could not disagree with you more. Which makes me think 
that there might be something I need to examine. Because not all things in life are gray. If you're right and I'm right, then everyone's right. And if everyone's right, no one is right. Our lives are a journey to clarity and truth. We search for it and we take paths that diverge in a yellow wood and sometimes we circle back. There is, says the Talmud, a story by Rabbi Yoshua ben Hanania that teaches us that sometimes we take the roundabout way back to where we need to go. He writes, Once a child got the better of me. I was traveling and I met with a child at the crossroads. I asked him, which way to the city? And he replied, this way is short and long, and that way is long and short. So I took the short and long way. I soon reached the city, but found my approach was obstructed by gardens and orchards. So I retraced my steps and I said to the child, my son, did you not tell me that this is the short way? Answered the child, did I not tell you that it is also long? When I consider the many paths I've traveled in my youth and how I left home very young in order to pursue them, I realize that I really needed the space to figure things out. It took me longer than many of my peers. But as an adult, when I finally found my path, I knew I was on the right one for me. Our kids live in unprecedented times. We must continue to role model our values and state them clearly while teaching them how to have civil discourse when we disagree. It's in the defiance of not being heard or being afraid of our parents' reactions that young people will often dig in their heels without searching for nuance. Only when we show them what that looks like, what nuance is, And my friends, we need it more today than ever before. So this week, can we check our reactions to hearing of ideas or concepts that we disagree with? Can we find the patience and the trust, the emunah, the faithfulness to know that sometimes the path to selfhood is circuitous? And can we move our children through this phase? Because even when they think they don't need us anymore, well... They actually need us more than ever before. Thanks for listening to Rise and Shine. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Momentum Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Join Adrian again next time for more timeless wisdom and uplifting meditations that fill your heart, feed your soul, and start your day on a positive note. This podcast was sponsored by the Zeitelman Family Foundation. Spread the wisdom. Inspire Jewish individuals around the globe by supporting Momentum's podcasts. To sponsor, contact podcast at MomentumUnlimited.org. You're listening to a Momentum podcast. For unlimited inspiration, wisdom, and empowerment, visit MomentumUnlimited.org.